Well, hello everybody. It is uh, such a, an honor and a privilege to be with you once again this morning. And uh, what a week that we have had. Who would have believed just a week ago standing here preaching that we were going to go through the kind of week that we have been. And I really do pray that you are doing well. And uh, yeah, unprecedented times, dealing with two crises, sea, whatever, coming together at the same time, dealing with all of the COVID and all of that. Plus, this week that uh, we've never been through something like this before. But I pray that you are standing strong. And uh, as much as we wouldn't have anticipated or realized, here's the thing, God knew. God is never taken by surprise. And that little video that we've just watched, all about the, the episodes that we've been through on this journey called I Am, God knows. And that's why that key verse, Proverbs 18, verse 10, remember it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. And I pray, we pray, that you would have been hearing what God has been saying to us recently. God saying, do you know his name, not academically, but in your heart, as revelation? Do you know the name of our God that you would run to him and find safety and find strength in times like this? So Heavenly Father, as we gather around your word as a family once again this week, I pray that you would come and feed us once again, that you would strengthen us. Thank you that your word is alive and it's active and it's living and it's powerful. And I pray that your word would go deep into every one of our hearts, that you would strengthen us, that you would sustain us, and that you would come and minister to us today. I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is a privilege once again to take us on the next episode of our journey, all about the names of our God, I Am. This is all about, it's not about us, this is about our God. And as I've sat pondering, watching some of the scenes that have gone uh, before us on TV, watching the news and, and seeing things taking place in our province like you, I'm sure they broke your heart. These are wonderful South Africans doing things that are just crazy. What, what, what has been happening? Where, where's people's thinking been? What has been going on? Seeing others, uh, our, our fellow residents around our suburbs with shotgun in hand standing on the street corners. We, we thank you so much for that. But who would have believed that our country would come to something like this? It's been to see those images. I remember, I think it was on Tuesday, watching one of the, one of the newscasts from a helicopter and they're flying over parts of Durban, recognizing places, shopping malls you've been to, seeing them burn. You're thinking, Lord, how, how do we deal with this? How, how do we process this? How do we make our way through this and make sense of it all? How do we stay strong as followers of Jesus? And uh, by God's divine grace, I had already started preparing this message. And I want to talk today, not just how do we cope with our fear, not just how do we overcome our hopelessness or desperation, but Lord, how do we stand strong? How do we remain a people of hope in unprecedented and difficult times like this? So I want us today to learn from one of the best. This is a, an amazing story. Some of you will know it well, but I want to look through it now with the eyes of what we have been through as a nation. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 to 6, this is an amazing story about David before he was made king. It says, David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Now, Ziglag was their hometown. They had been away on a military campaign. They'd been away from their families for a couple of weeks, and now they returned home. And I know what it's like returning home when I've been away for a couple of weeks. There's the anticipation. Can't wait to see my family again. Can't wait to be home again. So they make it back to their home. And it says, now the Amalekites had raided the nation. Negev and Ziglag. 
They had attacked Ziglag and burnt it and had taken captive the woman and everyone else in it, both young and old. Now, think about that. We, we know what it's like to be looted. We've seen the pictures. Our shopping malls, shops have been looted. Now, that's exactly what had happened, but worse. As David and his men were coming back home with the anticipation and the eagerness of seeing their families, instead all they see is smoke. And as they walk into the, the streets of their town, their village, what they see are things strewn all over the floor. That, that belongs in my house. That used to be mine. And, and, and they're seeing their homes burned down. And they're seeing their possessions, what's left of them, scattered everywhere. They're seeing things broken down, destroyed, homes destroyed. The one thing they don't see or hear is any of their family gone. They don't know at this point that they're not killed. The Bible tells us that they killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. But David didn't know that. And so I can imagine the gut-wrenching feeling, seeing now your family's gone, your kid's gone. Why? Can you imagine? And I'm sure you can imagine. We've been through something like that this week. How much more for David? That feeling of brokenness, emptiness. Oh, God, where are you? Why would you allow something like this to happen? Verse number three, it says, when David and his men reached Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire, their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. And maybe you haven't got to that place yet, but I know some of you on the inside, there's a brokenness like, oh, what is happening to our beloved nation? Maybe you've lost, maybe your business has been impacted. Maybe you don't have access to shop, maybe... Like David, there's a brokenness inside of you. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter and spurred because of his sons and daughters. So now it gets worse. David, this mighty man who'd led this great army, at least he still had his friends. At least he still had his men around him. But now they, broken as they were, looking for someone to blame, looking for someone to, to, to point fingers at, chose David. It was David's fault. If it wasn't David who'd taken us out on this military campaign, we would have been here. And now David, stripped of his family, his possessions, his home, now even his men turning against them. Can you imagine? And part of you can imagine because you've been here. What would you do in a situation like this? How would you respond in a place like this? And then here's our key verse. It says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. That's beautiful. And that's my prayer for every one of us. That's my prayer for us today. No matter how bad it gets, and who knows, maybe it gets worse. No matter how bad it gets, are you able to find strength in the Lord your God? For, for me, this is what maturity looks like. We don't live by sight. We don't live by feeling. We live by faith. Now, what we see by sight has gone up and down. It's resulted in our emotions going up and down. So is your relationship with God, is your emotional well-being linked to your emotions, to what you see, or is it directly linked to your God? Because this is what maturity, and this, I believe, is one of the things that God is doing in this season through COVID and now through this crisis is God is teaching us to mature. Come on, church. It's time to, to muscle up spiritually. We trust in the name of the Lord. We're not determined by what looks things look around us. We find our strength in the Lord 
our God. I love it. So that's what we're after. Now, I want to look practically at that today. How do we do that? How did David draw strength from God? But before we get to the how, there's actually two other questions I want to look at. Number one, how do I measure my current spiritual strength? In other words, how strong are you at the moment? I mean, you might be feeling strong, you might be feeling weak, but actually, I believe the Bible gives us a way of measuring how strong we really are. And then secondly, why is strength so important? Why is it so important that as followers of Jesus, we learn to draw strength from Christ and not what is going on around us? Now, both of these answers, I believe, can be found in an incredible passage of Scripture. And uh, this particular passage of Scripture is something I felt God ministered to me a couple of years ago, but it has been so helpful. This passage of Scripture has really helped me at a practical level. Now, I had read it many times before, but when the penny dropped... It became a revelation to me and has really helped in this area of staying strong when everything around you is not going well. So it says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Now this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi, and he says, I know what it is to be in need. Now some of you can right now say, yes, amen, I know that. And I know what it is to have plenty. Now, I want you to understand, before we even carry on, Paul, who wrote this, grew up with plenty. He grew up in a, uh, in, a, in a society where he had privilege, he had prestige, he had the best training. Basically, he went to the best schools. He would have grown up affluent with influence. He knew what it was to have plenty. But since becoming a follower of Jesus, and Jesus sent him out as an apostle to the nations, since then he has been shipwrecked. He has been beaten. In fact, he, now he is writing from prison. In other words, he was not in lockdown. He was locked up. He was in prison. He had been hungry. He had gone cold. He had been deserted. He had been beaten. And now listen to what he says. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Isn't that beautiful? Now, what it tells us straight away, there's a secret to be learned. You can learn a secret of contentment. Now, you might say, what do you mean a secret? Well, basically, you come out of the womb pre-programmed to believe that your contentment is based on your circumstances. In other words, when things go well, I'm content. When things don't go well, well, obviously, I'm discontent. Nope, that is fallen nature, sinful thinking. What Christ teaches us, what the Word of God teaches us, is that our con- the secret of contentment is not circumstances. What is it? Well, we're going to find out now. Because in verse 13, the famous verse, he says, I can do all this through him, speaking about Jesus Christ, through him who gives me, not contentment. Now, I always used to think that's when the penny dropped for me. He's talking about contentment. I've learned the secret of being content. Whether I've got lots, whether I've got little, whether the country's doing well or badly, whether the economy is up, the economy's down, I've learned the secret of being content. And here it is. I can do all things through him who gives me, not contentment, but strength. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. In other words, two big things he's just taught us. Number one, what is the secret of contentment? It is strength. Think about that for a moment. In other words, what it's saying is when you feel strong, you'll be content. You could be in the worst of situations, but as long as you're feeling strong, spiritually, emotionally strong, you will be content. You can endure. You can handle it. 
You, you can go with it, with the punches, you can roll with it because on the inside you are feeling strong. Or you could be in the best circumstances. You could have the sun shining and the angels singing, but if on the inside you're feeling weak and broken, you'll never be content. In other words, you see that Paul has revealed this beautiful secret. The secret of contentment is strength. And where does it come from? I can do all things through him, through Christ, who gives me strength. Jesus gives strength to us. And when we have that strength, we can be content no matter the situation. So why? Why is contentment so important? Well, here's what I've discovered as well. Discontentment is the doorway for temptation. Think about that. It's, that's exactly how it works. This, the devil is always looking. He's knocking on the door of your heart constantly looking for areas of discontentment in your life. If he can pick up a little discontentment in your life, he will pry that door open because discontent is the doorway for temptation, which is why contentment, strength in Jesus, is absolutely critical for a believer. Think back all the way to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve running naked, eating fruit salad, having a great time in the Garden of Eden. And Satan is thinking, how can I open a door of discontentment? So eventually he comes to Eve and he says, he, he tries to get her a little bit discontent. Did God really say you can't eat this fruit? You know why? Because then you'd be like God. God doesn't want you to be like him. And suddenly Eve is like discontent. Why, why must I settle for being human when I could be like God? And, and out of that little discontentment, the devil opened up the door of temptation and Eve chose to eat of the fruit. Now, it's exactly what happens with the rest of us. The enemy is always asking, are you content? What about sexually? Are you sex? Well, otherwise, because there's pornography, there's immorality. Come on, there's a whole host of options for your discontentment. What, what about materialistically? Have you got everything you need? Because if you haven't, there's debt. You can easily take a loan, go into debt. There's theft, there's looting. Come on, fill your contentment by getting what you want. What about status? Do people give you the status you deserve? Because if not, you could always self-promote. You could boast or you could gossip and bring others down to make you look better. What about justice? Are you getting the justice you deserve? Because otherwise you could always get angry. You could yell, you could sue, you could do what it takes to get your... My point is this. The enemy's looking for discontentment in your life. If you can find discontentment, he can open up the door of temptation and offer you a whole variety of his solutions. That's why contentment in Christ is so important. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Strength is the secret of contentment. That's why I love if you get to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Now, most of us know Ephesians chapter 6 is the armor of God. How do we engage in spiritual warfare, breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. But do you know what comes first? Before Paul describes the different pieces of armor to learn to stand against the devil, you know what he says in verse 10? He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. In other words, before you put on any armor, find your strength in Jesus. Because when you're strong on the inside, you will be content when it slams the door of discontentment. Because discontentment is the door of temptation. So, how strong are you? Well, how content are you? Right now, I want you to measure your own heart. That's how strong you are. If there's discontentment in your life, that shows weakness right there. 
the strong, the mature in Christ are those who found their contentment in Christ. So let me move along quickly and let's get practical now. How then did David learn to find strength in the Lord his God? Now, I'm going to give you three things that we're going to look at today, but we have to understand the way we are created and designed. We've got to do some engineering first. We're not just a physical body. That's what you see on the outside, but inside the body, we've got a soul. That's where our thinking, our emotions are, and right in the center of that, we have a spirit. Ultimately, we are created primarily as spiritual beings made in the image of God. We're spirit beings who have a soul, and then we've got a physical body. Now, the way it works is from the inside out. In other words, if you're emotionally strong, then you'll be physically strong. In fact, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So in other words, when at an emotional level you bubbly, you, you, you're full of life emotionally, you'll be physically strong on the outside. Well, we can go even one layer deeper. If you're spiritually strong, then you will be emotionally strong, and then you will be physically strong. So what it means to mature in Christ, this is not a rah, 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 I want to build you up emotionally. No, I want to challenge you to grow spiritually, because if spiritually we can be strong, the spirit will influence your emotions, your soul, which will influence your body. So the key to walking in the strength of God is not from the outside in, but from the inside out. How do we grow spiritually strong so that we can be emotionally strong and physically strong as well? So three things, well, three things. Let's go for it. Number one, and this is the big one for today. How did David do it? David had an incredible revelation of Jehovah Uzi. Did you get that one? Jehovah Uzi. I don't know how to say that word, but that word means strength. He had a revelation. The Lord is my strength. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, what is the, to, to have a revelation of God is my strength, Jehovah Uzi, basically means a revelation of where does my strength come from. Silly illustration. If I took my phone here, what is the source of my phone's power? Now, it can run on a battery, but it's going to run by the end of the day. I normally plug it in at night, and it's about 27% because it's on its way. I've got to pl the source of strength for my phone is plugging it into the mains electricity every night. And when it wakes up in the morning, it's good to go until the evening, and then I've got to plug it in. In other words, the source of strength for my phone is actually plugging it into the wall in exactly the same way. What is the source of your strength? Is it... And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I've wrestled in this area because remember, if you don't feel strong, you don't feel content. And as I've wrestled with my own feelings of discontentment at times, I've often identified it's because of this thing. I don't feel strong enough. For example, many Sundays I'll wake up thinking, oh, I've got to preach three times today and I've got to do a baptism and, and I don't know if I could do it. What I'm worried about is, is do I have the, the energy? Do I have the strength? I'm looking to my energy for strength. I'm looking to my gifting for strength instead of realizing, actually, the Lord is the source of my strength. When we make that, what, what, do you, what is the source of your strength? Is it your money, your influence, your family, your, your physical ability? What is the source of your strength? Until you realize like David, no, no, the Lord is my strength. When we make that connection, God can strengthen me. And when I'm spiritually strong, I'll be emotionally strong, which makes me physically strong 
as well. Listen to some of these beautiful verses that David wrote uh, in Psalm 28, for example, 6 to 9. He said, Praise be to the Lord. He has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength. There we go. Jehovah Uzi. And my shield, my heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. You see, David knew it. This was the source of his strength. I love uh, Psalm 59. Now, Psalm 59, let me actually read, the before we even get to the psalm, sometimes in those psalms you see a little bit of an introduction, and it says, for the director of music, to the tune of Do Not Destroy, which I'm not going to hum because I will destroy it, it says it's of David, a miktam, I don't know what that means, but it's some kind of poetic form for the psalm, it says, when Saul had sent men to watch David's house in order to kill him, picture that. Maybe some of you know what it's like. You're hearing reports on social media. There's protests in the streets. They've got AK-47s. Now, think about David. He's sitting in his house. He's getting reports. Saul is out to get you. There's enemy agents in the street. They're watching your house. Every move you make is being watched. They're looking for an opportunity to kill you. What would you be doing? You might be Facebooking, prayer requests, prayer chain, network, help me. What did David do? He came before the Lord and he sang and he said, deliver me from my enemies, O God. Be my fortress against those who are attacking me. Verse number nine, you are my strength. I watch for you. God, my fortress. Don't you love that? He's just being told people are watching you. Well, David sang, Lord, they might be watching me, but I am watching you. He knew how to plug into the Lord as his strength. They're watching For me, but I'm watching for you. Verses 16 and 17. But I will sing of your strength. Don't you love that? Not I'll whine about the problems. Not I will Facebook or message my struggle. No, no. I will sing of your strength. David knew how to tap in to the strength of Jesus. In the morning, I'll sing of your love. For you, my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You, my strength, I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress, my God in whom I can rely That's how David found strength in the Lord his God. He would just focus himself. He would sing. He would just worship the Lord and draw strength from him. Remember, we reflect the revelation that we have of God. The greater revelation we have, the Lord is my strength, the more we will reflect it. Now, your source of strength is what you plug into when you're feeling weak. Now, I've had some conversations with, uh, with different people over the years of being a pastor. For example, I spoke to one man who, who struggles as an, as an alcoholic. And he said, quite honestly, it's not the, the taste of the alcohol. It's, it's when I was like buzzing a little bit, had a few drinks, I felt so much braver. You see, why did he drink? Because that was his source of strength. I spoke to someone once. He said, when I'm at work and and the phone goes, it means I know more decisions have to be made. First, I'd light a cigarette, then I'd answer the phone. Why? That's your source of strength. Where do you go to for strength? David had a revelation. Lord, you are my strength. If we're going to be strong, remember, strength leads to contentment. If we're going to learn to draw the strength from the Lord, it starts with a revelation. So, number one, revelation, Jehovah Uzi. Number two, we've got to learn to prioritize feeding your spirit and not just your body. 
Now, I'm a food lover. Absolutely love eating. And yet God is beginning to challenge me more and more, especially in the area of fasting, which I've hated all my life. But then I've realized God is good. And if God says fast, well, then it must be good. And so I'm trying to change my mindset and understand. Actually, we need to, oh, time to land the sermon already. It's time to, to learn to feed ourselves, not just feed our bodies, but feed ourselves spiritually. You are what you eat. Now, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you, the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, Man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Are you feeding yourself spiritually? Remember, strong in spirit, you'll become stronger in soul, emotions and mind, and stronger in body. Are you prioritizing feeding your spirit through the word of God as much as you prioritize physical food? Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. You see, God's word is not another book filled with words. The Bible says the word of God is living and active and powerful. His word inside of you grows and strengthens you and nourishes you and makes you strong. So let me, uh, let me just challenge you. If you right now are discontent, chances are you probably dabbling in sin in different ways. Because remember, discontentment opens the door for temptation. Maybe you're wondering, why is my life a mess? I'm feeling weak. I'm... No, no. Here's what you do. Start feeding yourself spiritually. Wake up earlier. Get a Bible reading plan. Start reading the Word of God. Start making notes and start nourishing your spirit. The Word of God will feed you so you'll become stronger spiritually, stronger emotionally, and stronger in body. Let me land with the final one. I'll just mention it very quickly. Revelation of Jesus or revelation of God, our strength. Number two. We've got to learn to feed ourselves from His Word. And then thirdly, learning to draw strength from times of prayer. In 1 Chronicles 16 verse 27, it says, Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and joy are in His dwelling place. That's where it is. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 verse 16, it says, We can come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In other words, we'll find the strength in the presence of God. Don't go running to mother-in-law or running to the internet. Go running to God. Go running to God and find strength in the Lord our God. When Jesus was weak, he went into prayer. Matthew 26, 37, it says he, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus was about to go to the cross. Emotionally, he was crushed. He was anxious. He was weak. And so what did he do? Straight into prayer, in prayer with the Father. It looks like three hours of prayer, not my will, but your will be done. In that place of prayer, Jesus had breakthrough. Remember that amazing story about Paul? He said, there's this thorn in my flesh. Something was wrong. He said, it's like I'm tormented by Satan. And it says three times, I pleaded with the Lord. In other words, he went in prayer, help me, Lord, take this thing away. And then God spoke to him, no, my grace is sufficient 
for you. And then Paul comes out of this time of prayer and he says, now I'm going to boast all the more gladly about this thorn because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. In other words, breakthrough had come. The thorn wasn't even taken away, but he'd found strength in the Lord his God through prayer. Sure, that famous scripture in Isaiah, that's what Isaiah was talking about when he said, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting one? And in Isaiah 40, verse 13, remember that? It says, but those who hope in the Lord, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles. Run, not grow weary, walk and not faint. Sure, I know we've covered a lot. I hope that you've caught something of my heart for you this morning. Are you content? Because if right now, looking at our nation, looking at the problems, looking at the economy, if it's opened up doorways of discontentment, remember, discontentment is the doorway for temptation. The breakthrough comes when we realize strength is where contentment is found. And we can find strength through a revelation of Jehovah Uzi, the Lord, Jehovah Uzi. He is my strength. We can draw that out of a revelation. Lord, I plug into you. You strengthen me spiritually so that emotionally I can be strong, so that physically I can be strong. We prioritize the Word of God, the Bible before. For me, it's Bible before breakfast. It should be Bible before cell phone. It should be Bible before anything else. First Bible, I need to bold myself spiritually. And then can I find that strength in prayer, turning to God in prayer, wrestling it through until God breaks through in our hearts. My friends, I really pray that uh, this revelation of God would be helpful, would sustain you, because we need to be a people strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Father, I want to thank you so much for your incredible love. Thank you that you are a practical God. You literally, you've, you've made yourself our strength. You've designed us and created us to plug into you to draw strength. And Father, I want to pray right now for the body. I pray for every single person watching or listening to this message that, Lord God, they would know you as the God of strength. Lord, that we would repent where we've looked to other things for our strength, today we repent. We say, Lord, you are our strength. Like the cell phone that needs plugging in every night, Lord, we want to plug into you daily to draw strength from you. Father, for some, and maybe you watching or listening, and to be honest, you've neglected those Bible reading times. What's the point? Done it before. I'm too busy. Or No, no. Let's begin to feed ourselves spiritually. Father, help us to repent in this area. Not because we have to. We get to feed ourselves, to meditate on the Word of God. I pray that we would taste and see the Lord is good, that you would put a hunger and thirst inside of us for your Word to go deeper, to draw more out of your Word than ever before, to be nourished by your Word. Father, I pray for those who who struggling in prayer right now. Don't know what to pray, how to pray, that we would come before you as a father and begin to just draw loving strength out of you in prayer. Thank you, Lord. And friends, just as I close, I, I want to encourage some of you. Maybe you've never 
learned to plug yourself into the Lord as your strength. If you're not a believer, a follower of Jesus right now, remember the plug connection is right here in our hearts. Just like we've got to plug that cable into our phone to get it powered up. So we've got to plug our hearts into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We've got to open our hearts. That takes faith. It takes humility. But as we surrender our hearts saying, Jesus Christ, I want you to be my Lord. I want to bow my knee and start following you. You know what happens? The Holy Spirit comes in. He forgives us of our sin and he begins to lead us. And that's what it means to be born again. That's what it means to become a follower of Jesus. So if you've never done that before, I would love you to open your heart. We've got a little WhatsApp number. You're going to hear about it in a moment where you can right now, someone will pray for you, connect with you. We would love to see you passionately following Jesus. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for watching all the way to the end. I pray that God would keep you strong, keep your eyes on Jesus, and I hope to see you again soon. God bless. Thanks everyone. Bye for now.